starts tomorrow, Parker. Honest to God, living and breathing Major League Baseball players in see-through uniforms doing living and is breathing it, Major League Is anybody that matter, matters with the Blue Jays playing tomorrow? Huh? I, I don't mean any disrespect to Ricky Tatum, but to start the season, is anybody playing tomorrow? When me and you are... I haven't seen the lineup. I would sitting think Sitting on my deck and, and, you know... We're not sitting Contemplating what we're trying to do here and... and Life and enjoying each other's minus company. Two. We're not sitting well, on I a thought, freaking deck. I thought you said we were doing this outside. No, you know how dare we be inside the garage? Like how dare we? I mean, we're we're Canadians. We're we're gonna put the jackets on and sit outside. Uh, I didn't say that. I'm just asking. Look, it's a valid question. But I am very excited. The baseball starting. I mean, you know, we could smoke cigars in your house because Hazel's not coming home for a couple of weeks. No, we we were not we gonna could, do that. Could, we could do it. She wouldn't even know. Mm-mm. I would know. Uh, it's Blair and Barker. It is a Friday. The Jays start their Grapefruit League season tomorrow against the Philadelphia Phillies. 107 will be the first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. Shai David is going to join us, <clears throat> pardon me, later on in the show. The back leg line, I've been telling you it's open. 416-413-3959. Lots and lots and lots of calls. We've uh, gotten through a number of them, so we'll be we'll be uh, playing the your questions, your comments. Uh, throughout the show. We're going to do that every Friday as often as we can anyhow. Uh, again, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Uh, I, don't, I mean, we haven't seen the lineup yet for tomorrow's game. It's a home game. I've got to think you'll probably see a lot of regulars you in think. the lineup. I want it bad, probably. Yeah, one yeah. or two at-bats. I mean, this is all about getting guys 50 at-bats or, or, or however many at-bats they need. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann, we know, is going to start. Chad Dallas, uh, who is in the running for, I mean, I don't know. He, he's hes considered a depth arm right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he will also be pitching yeah. tomorrow. And then Bowden Francis goes Sunday against the Yankees. And I'm really i am really interested in Bowden Francis's outing because, I, as I've said, everything you hear from the Blue Jays suggests that he's got a spot in the team in some form. Um, hmm. So I'll be interested in seeing him. Ricky Tiedemann, look, the whole key with Ricky Tiedemann since he's been a professional has been health. Yep. He just, he has not, he's not pitched a lot. I mean, I, I, I can't put it any other way. He has not mm-hmm. pitched a lot. Um, what would you be looking for tomorrow? I know everything, everybody's going to, the first thing people are going to look at is velocity. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody's going to do that. Even yeah. people who say they're not going to look at velocity. We'll look at velocity. What's the first thing you look for? When you see a guy that we know, he's their top pitching prospect. He's their top prospect, period. Yeah. There's a chance he may see this guy this year. So what are you going to look Good for? Good chance. I think it's mechanical. For, <clears throat> excuse me. For me, look, the velocity's nice, but I think it's how you get to the velocity. Is he trying to, to throw 98, or is he just coming out where it's because he's mechanically sound, he can repeat that? You know, it's sort of the, you know, when, as a hitter, when you stretch, we talk about that all the time, the rubber band effect. Pitching's no different, right? When you tuck the glove, the hand's got to be, the throwing hand's got to be where it's supposed to be. That's why it looks fluid, and easy, you know, somebody, some people would say, mm, man, that's an easy 98. That's what they're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. they're not trying to force velocity. That's the one thing I'll be looking for. Obviously, command and, you know, the break on the secondary stuff. He throws a change up, right? Swing and miss, I'm not sure that's a big deal. I think demeanor, maybe pitching out of the stretch, 
just everything that goes with what a top prospect is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. That, for me, is what I'll be looking at. And, you know, I hope for him, he's not trying to make a team in his first start in spring training because, you know, they sort of got their mind made up of what they're going to do with him, game plans. And, you know, they, look, this is the era of the khaki. They're they're trying to predict the future. Four minutes and 27 well, seconds so, to know, drop well, a khaki. You know, they, they all they we all need think to keep they, track of this. They all we think. Khaki graph. They all think they can predict the future. You don't think they're trying to predict the future with Ricky Tatum? <laughs> Absolutely. He's their he's their top prospect. So if you're the player, hopefully you don't go out and try well, and do that. It's free and easy. And you're mechanically sound. And you throw it the way you want to throw it. Um, I'm sure Ricky Tiedemann knows what's up. I mean, he can read a roster as well as anybody. He I'm knows sure. he hasn't pitched a lot either. Right. But yeah. I, I'm sure he sees that. It will take an injury for him to make the team out of spring well, a training. Couple. A couple. <laughs> a couple. Okay. A couple. Exactly. But, it, it, I mean, I hate to say it. If Ricky Tiedemann is on the staff coming out of spring training, it, it was not a good spring training. So, Ricky Tiedemann knows that. Yeah. And yet, you're just talking about how don't try to make the team in one outing. Yeah, okay. Now, you've been, listen, you've been, I, the reason I'm asking yeah, you, yeah. you've been there. You're the top prospect for the Brewers. I, I've not been in that position. It's no. one thing to say yeah. just... Don't worry. Don't go up there thinking you're trying to make the team. Just do your thing. Let your talent take over, yada, yada, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Is that really a thing? Absolutely. Well, you want to be the first guy called up, right? And you could you could say that Ricky Tiedemann's in that boat. You could say Chad Dallas is in that boat. You could say Nate Pearson is in that boat. You could say Zach Pop's in that boat. You could say Brendan Little, who's the lefty. If one of the two lefties that's already it's in the name big we leagues. Hear. That's already in the big leagues. He's right. a hard thrower. They got him from the Cubs, right? Somebody gets hurt. He's sort of playing. All of those guys are playing for, I remember you. I remember your mm -hmm. stuff. Some dude that gets still hurt. Matters, eh? That Abs still matters. That still matters. I want to be the first guy to get called up. No, but what I mean is that it still matters that you leave a positive impression Absolutely. in the pitching coach, with you the pitching coach, with the manager, with get the front up. office. You don't want to get lit up. I mean, these guys that I mentioned are going to get some throwing time. And... You're going to, you know, be able to impress Pete Walker and John Snyder and, you know, Ross Adkins. And can he throw strike one? You know, if he gets a guy on first, if he throws four bad pitches in a row, how does he handle it? Can he work himself through it? Self-correct. Like, all of those things they're looking for. Now, the pen, yeah, I sort of know who Pearson is. You know who Pop is. Little, now that's a, they like the 97. He's sort of a harder throwing Tim Mesa. That's sort mm -hmm. of what you're hearing, and they like you. You know, anybody can throw as hard as little throws. You know, that's sort of what you're playing for. So spring training matters for a lot of guys. It doesn't matter for everybody, but it matters for those names that I just mentioned. And, yeah, that anybody that can sort of take a step back, I was one of those guys. I'd take them big daddy hacks, my first one. <laughs> Boy, I was kicking it to the ear and just trying to hit that thing to the moon because I was trying to have that lasting impression. I didn't know if I was going to get released or sent down the next day. So I was trying to impress not only for the coaching staff and the team that I was on, but for the team that I was playing against. These guys are sort of doing the same thing, but it's that guy that can take a deep breath, step back, Free and easy, right? I'm locating this thing if I'm mechanically sound because we've worked on it. That translate, I'll be the best myself that I can be, and then everybody will be impressed, and I'll be where I'll ultimately be. But it's not, it's sometimes easier said than done. It really is. Realistically, you and I could sit down and make out the 26-man roster right now, couldn't we? For the most part. Like yeah, how many maybe. how many how many jobs are open? Second, I think the second base has to has to sort itself out. Right, I, I, Arevalos Martinez is taking reps at second base. He's not 
not going to make the team out of spring training. Yeah, okay. So Biggio, what you've got, you've got, you've got the way I look at it. You got two sure things in the infield. You got Vladdy at first, and you got Bo at short. You've got between Biggio, Espinal, Davis, Schneider, IKF, and maybe Justin Turner. Huh. Um, I think I mentioned Espinal. Okay. You're, you've got guys who are going to be at second or third right now. Okay, right? You got, that, that, that's. That's it. I mean, some combination of that. You got you got six dudes fighting for three spots. That's base. They need a lefty off the bench. They, is that Vogelbach? Is that Horowitz? Mm-hmm. Horowitz is on the forty man, make it a little easier to put mm-hmm. him on. Right? You got Vogelbach. You got to take somebody off. You got to put him on. Eduardo Escobar could play thirds. A switch was, hitter's a veteran guy. A guy no, okay. Thirty-five. I was. That's a guy I neglected to mention so because got, I think he's. You got six dudes fighting for three spots, right? right. If you look at the lineup. Right. You got Jansen, Kirk, Vladdy, Biggio, Bo, IKF, Varsho, Springer, Turner, and KK. That's your 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yep. And then you got Escobar, Schneider, Espinal, Clement, Vogelbach. Clement, yeah. Vogelbach and Horowitz fighting for three spots. Right. Now you would think Schneider's probably got an edge up. They've seen it. It's live. You know, I, wh- how, how will these struggles at the end deter them from giving spots. It ain't about how nice dudes are anymore. No. It's about how what he can bring to the team, how easier it makes it for John Snyder to make the and, right move at the right time and, and with I don't know, the right kind of player. And I don't know about you, but I have a certain comfort level watching Ernie Clement in the field that I don't that that I think is valuable. I, I don't yep. mind him playing shortstop. Well, no, I don't I, want. I, I, I don't want him playing Espinall 162. Too. I like Espinal too. Like yeah, I, really, it's so that they do but, have decisions yeah. to make with certain spots, and we will talk to Shy about this. He's a little closer. He's running all over the place trying to get these answers. It is intriguing to see how they will handle third base. Is sort of the unknown. What do you yeah. do there? Who do you put there? Do you want a veteran guy, switch hitter? Do you, is it more about the offense? Is it more about matchups? Is it about uh, you don't really have an everyday guy? Is it IKF? Like there's a lot of – you just don't really know what's going on. So there is some intriguing it's, parts of this, I it, think. It's a lot easier to have IKF at third base if you're getting a lot of offense from from Kirk and Vladdy. And, and you can just kind of stick IKF down on the bottom of the lineup and, and, and just basically say, you know, give me good defense. Turn the lineup over. Sounds good, though. No. It does. <laughs> it's like it, it just does. sounds like you've you've figured it out. But I mean, is it predictable? No, I, that's the thing, right? Is is there's some things that have to happen? I'm not certain. I'm not certain that it's a good thing that a team that has as many offensive issues as this team had last year that it's it's so easy to make out the lineup. I'm not. Certain that's necessarily. See, I disagree. See, I, I see a lot of competition for the 26th man, uh, maybe the 25th I, man. I think it's easy to, to make out the lineup with the first four guys. After who's hitting fifth for the Blue Jays? Mm. <clears throat> uh, I mean, the, one of the two catchers is going to hit somewhere between the fifth spot right. and the ninth spot. Right. So you sort of got that field in. And then there's everybody else. Where's everybody else hitting? I mean, the five hole with who's going to get on base might be a big deal. You feel comfortable, Kevin Biggio? I'm not real sure. I like what he's offering, but I think there again, there's some things here, and I think Donnie baseball. Huh, Ultimately, I just wanted can help this ult- out a little. Ult- we, we're gonna. I mean, basically, this is Don Mattingly's team. It is right now. It's, it sounds like that's the only. We 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 talk about Don Mattingly with the more hitting than side anybody. of it. It is anyway. I mean, it's uh, their words, not ours. Yeah. Uh, pitching. 
we figured that out. Oh, we got our starters. Oh, let's let's give Manoa the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Um, because as much as I'm sure you're going to hear that he has to earn a spot in the team, as long as he doesn't fall off the face of the earth, he's got a spot in the team. Mm. So the starting rotation is set. The one for, the one spot for me is what do they think about Mitch White? Mitch White's out of options. Mitch That's White's a big deal, right? Options. I mean, Bowden Francis, we like him, right? He yeah. can come right. He can throw a fastball to a fastball hitter, and not, it doesn't have to be 99. Why is that? You like him on his team, but do you feel comfortable because of the lack of depth at the minor league level, especially at the highest level, at, with losing Mitch White? Now, me, I could care less, but because of what you've seen, I mean, yeah. sometimes he good hitting. I mean, let's be honest. And you're trying to get off to good starts. And does it matter if you put him on waivers and you lose him? I, maybe they care. So that would be one of the spots for me that you're thinking of. Uh, Rodriguez, because of where he's not at, man, I haven't pitched enough. Like, he's and you've I, only got to carry him Keep in enough. mind with the Ariel Rodriguez, you only have options on him for this year. Yeah. Because of that contract. So he, I I don't think there's any doubt he starts at AAA. I would think so, I, too. I, I would be, to pitch. I would be stunned. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to pitch. You know what? They may, they may even, depending on the weather, they may even start, well, I don't know if they'd start him at AA. That would be a little... Bit of a reach, but um, he's got a pitch. Yeah, as long as he's pitching he's to a pitch. hitter, yeah. who cares where he starts, really, right? I mean, exactly. he started the complex. That, exactly. Matter, I have right? No problem with that. Yeah. Bullpen seems pretty straightforward. Romano. It's the long relief guy. Green. It's Bowden Francis or Mitch White. Which one are you taking? Yeah. Like, who do you care if you lose? Uh, you know, I don't, Pearson, I don't think's making it. Pop, I don't think's making it. Like, there's some what? competition for the guy, first guy getting called up, and every team needs competition. That's a good thing. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Nate Pearson, but Nate Pearson apparently has a splitter. And Nate Pearson has apparently made some adjustments mechanically. Yeah. Um, huh. What does that what does that give him? Are let's you say doing the this splitter, on purpose? No, let's say the splitter is 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 <laughs> is, is usable, playable. I'm just saying. <laughs> does he? Is there a, is there any scenario where he makes your team? <laughs> no. Unless a righty that that pitches in the sixth inning gets hurt. Okay, uh, that's fine. And and, and uh, how, depending on how Zach Pop looks, I like I, I like the arm angle of Zach Pop. Again, has Nate Pearson shown you anything that if you give him the ball, the runner nope. on second base, nope. withholds that matter, say in the we seventh spent way inning or too much time in Nate the... Pearson. Let's move on. I just want. Well, to that's ask your you that. fault. Well, I just want to ask you about the split finger. I know why you said it. I know why you <laughs> why? brought it up because you. I know you. Why? And I know you know what I think of Nate Pearson. And I mean, I, he's a great dude. Yeah. Four one six four one three three nine for that. It's too early for 3959 is the back leg line. Uh, that is your chance to leave questions or comments for Kevin in particular. Mike from Toronto. He visited the back leg line. Is it wrong that I could not wait for Matt Chapman to get out of town, watch him swing through perfectly perfect strikes down the middle, and now I kind of would love to have him back? Um, after suffering PTSD all, all off season, mm-hmm. am I wrong? Am I alone? Thank you. Bye, Jeff. Uh, well, I'll ask it this way: Matt Chapman, Scott Boris called up Ross Atkins today and said, "Let's do a one-year deal," and it's financially doable. I'm doing it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. At this point, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You can't argue the way he plays defense. No. At, at this point. I can stick him in the eight hole and he can figure out how to lay off right. the elevated fastball. Or, you know, I'm sure that that the khakis with his agent have hooked up enough machines to have, you, you know, the hitch in that swing to try and figure out how to not have the, sw- the hitch anymore. So, I mean, there's a reason why it's taken this long for somebody to buy into what Scott Boris is trying to sell and, them. And I'll tell okay? you what, I bet if you put the pitchers in a room and said, would you guys take Matt Chapman no at third question. base? There's no question. So, my, Mike, I don't think you're wrong there. It's just, look, again, there's a lot of unknowns with the offensive side of the ball. Like, yeah. they, if, if, hopefully they get off to a consistent start and – it continues to stay consistent. Yeah. And they do that. That's the thing. It's one thing to get off to a, a decent start. It's another thing to hold that and continue that through an entire season. I think you have to have your superstars. But I'd take Matt Chapman hitting eighth for me and, and playing third base every single day because that's what we know. Yeah, we know I, he'll play every single day. I, I would not have at the start of the offseason. I would have hoped that the Jays would have been able to bring in um, another bat. But now? Yeah, yeah, Jeff, take you, you talk, we, we, in the first five minutes, you talked about a dude that they gave $15 million to who has troubles hitting but can play great defense. You talked about a 35-year-old switch hitter who's at the end of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is some positives that come with Chapman. It's just the offensive side because of the way we saw it for a big part of the season, which if all everybody else is doing their thing, I'm not I'm sure. I don't, think, I don't think Matt Chapman would have back-to-back seasons offensively looking the way it looked last year. Do you? I just don't. I Financially, I just don't know if it's a fit. Everything Ross Atkins said about if we make an addition, there has to be a subtraction. And I'm not sure his agent will allow that. I think there's a little that stubbornness when it comes to, we've lasted this long, we're going to stick with it. I still, listen. That's what I think. We've seen starting pitchers go by the wayside. We haven't, we've had one game so far, the Dodgers playing the Padres, and we've had teams, we've had, we've had the Mets, and we've had the Orioles. I know. We just talked about the Dodgers and Padres. I saw Teoscar. Man. Colin in Saskatoon. <laughs> I think Vladdy needs some protection. Um, in my view, hopefully Varsho can bring it around this year, not start off the year as the cleanup guy, but maybe move into that position. Once Vladdy gets some protection, we're going to see him roll. like to hear your thoughts. You guys got a great show. I listen to you every day. Thanks. Bye. Very nice. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Very nice. Uh, I, Justin Turner is the cleanup hitter in this team, unless he's hurt. Yep. Uh, I listen. I, I'm. Uh, I've been on. I like Dalton Varsha. I think there's a real good player there. I've said I thought when the trade was made that we're going to be talking about Dalton Varsha three or four years down the road as a, as a regular in this team as a contributor. I there's a there's a lot I like about his game, uh, but you know I I I just. Right now, I want Dalton Varsho hitting maybe seventh and just do what you got to do and play and play good defense because he's going to be moved around in the outfield this year, I think, there's you know, based on the age of Kiermaier and, and Springer. Play good defense, contribute out of the seventh spot. And if there's a guy, if there's a guy who can, I think, maybe – adapt and I know you don't like the team offensive thing and I get it but if there's a guy who can maybe be a nice fit in that type of scenario I I think it's Dalton Varsho and uh, Dalton Varsho by the way will join us later on 
We're, uh, we will be interviewing him after the show. The Jays are working out right now. We'll be tagging it on the end of the podcast. We're going to call, I was going to call it Blair and Barker after dark, but I think we'll probably just call it Blair and Barker extra innings. So if you're subscribing to the podcast, you'll get added value. You'll get an interview with Dalton Varsha that we'll, we'll add on. Okay. I Colin was asking about, about the cleanup hitter with Dalton yeah. Varsha. I, I, I could not disagree more. Well, about I think that. he's saying, I, could you see, and could you, he doesn't want him I mean, clean up hitter out of the gate, but could you, you see him developing? You into that? wonder <laughs> if Turner gets hurt, then who? Yeah, probably by committee. If you're hot for a week, you'd be hitting. Maybe Danny up. Jansen, if you're, whoever. Yeah. I mean, does it matter? Like I, I mean, yeah. if lefties are on the mound that like to throw in, it it would be Danny. Like there'd be a bunch of it'd be a revolving door because they don't have one. Mm-hmm. They don't even have one with Turner. They're putting Turner in that spot because of who's in front of him, and he's a run producer, right? He had over 330 last year, runners in scoring position. They had a problem with that because that is a big deal, right? Run producing when the other team knows that you are a run producer is hands down the hardest thing to do in baseball. With Vladdy, look, last year I would have told you that he needs protection. I talk about Vladdy probably higher than most people do. I'm done talking about that. Either Vladdy can hit or he can't. You know, you know, stop having as much hand movement. Stop chasing early and counts the ball in off the plate. Stop doing it. If he does that, he doesn't need anybody around him because that will force people on the plate. When he's on the plate, he hits the ball harder than most humans can possibly hit a baseball. So I would think, I agree with that person, whoever that was. I will think. That I, this is one of those times where it's all about Vladdy. Mm-hmm. The GM's pointed the finger at Vladdy. The hitting coach has pointed the finger at Vladdy. I'm going to point the finger at Vladdy. Sort up to Vladdy to figure Vladdy out. And then I think everything else around him will take care of itself. Leo from Vaughn has a question very close to your heart, Kevin. Kevin, I know you've said uh, many times before that you just don't feel that Jordan Romano as the Blue Jays closer. I'm just going to step away here. Is good enough in order for the Jays to <laughs> take the next step and go to the World Series. Uh, but I think that's a bit of an unfair assessment on your part because over the last couple of years, um, the Blue Jays have, in my opinion, overworked Romano to the point where before they got Chad, uh, Chad Greens and um, Jordan Hicks, they didn't really have a, a one-two that they can go off of uh, with Romano. So this year, what do you guys expect out of uh, Jordan? And um, if there was a change that he could make, what would you like to see him make? Is it a mechanical uh, change or is it an arsenal change? What do you think he needs to do in order to get your trust that he can be a good uh, closer for this team and take the Jays uh, to the next step in the playoffs. Thank you. Thanks, Leo. Listen, I think, Kevin, you've been really, really unfair when it comes to Jordan Romano. I, of course, have been sticking up for him at every turn, but you've been Until really... Until he blows a couple of saves, and then you're really, on You've been really unfair. To, are you prepared to apologize to Jordan Romano? No, oh. because the Blue Jays, at the end of the season last year, told us how they feel about that. They had Hicks. Hicks would throw in the bigger innings than... Jordan Romano was. I don't care what he did before then. I only know when the situation came to where they needed that guy, that out, no matter whether he was lefty or righty, who was throwing in it. It was not Jordan Romano. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Jordan Romano. He's a really good pitcher. 
I'm just asking you against the other American League team's best hitters in the ninth inning, is that who you want throwing in the biggest games of the season? You can't honestly look yourself in the mirror because he's Canadian, and I know there's oh, a little, par- I know there's a little to part to that. Oh, that, no, that's That's not who true. you're wanting, and let's be honest. If they have a better option at the end of the season, that better option will be thrown over Jordan Romano. Is there anything mechanical we can do? Absolutely not. This is who Jordan Romano is. He's been doing this long enough. He throws across his body, throws a lot of sliders. That's just the way he is. That's who he is. Like, it's worked. It's worked up until I'm a really good left-handed hitter, and I'm going to sit on old slider. It works until then. That's my point. And, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jordan Romano, and I'm not bad-mouthing him. Everybody needs, oh, a Jor- Everybody needs a Jordan Romano. The question from Leo was, do I think the Jays can win a World Series with Jordan Romano? As the closer. And I'm, I guess I'm in that small group of people that raises their hand and says, only thing that I saw in the biggest games of the season last year is he didn't pitch in it. Somebody else did. So their answer and my answer, I guess, would be all, no. All, all, all kidding aside, uh, and, and I know that there are, we have taken grief in some quarters because we've been more critical of Jordan Romano than just about anybody else. Um, I still think, first of all, the, I've said this, bullpen doesn't bother me because these guys, whatever you may think of Ross and Mark in their front office and the khakis, they figure out the They've bullpen. They've done a really good job. They figure out the bullpen. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't spend, I don't spend half a second worrying about the bullpen. I do believe, though, that there are Closers, there are short relievers who are good over a period of time. Yet when you get to the playoffs, for whatever reason, it doesn't play. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I am with Jordan Mount. Do, yeah. do and I and I don't I don't know what it. I don't know what it says about him or what it says about me. If, if I, am I okay with Jordan Romano closing out in May against Tampa? Yeah. Am I okay with Jordan Romano closing out in October in a playoff game? I would have to ask who's at the plate, uh, what the situation is. No, I'm serious. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when you get down to those specifics, <laughs> I would like to have another option. Yeah, you, you know you know what that means. That means the manager would be fired because he doesn't – make the right move at the right time because that's no-brainers. Every, for me anyway, every great team, especially coming in the American League in the East, look at what the Astros just did. I was good. There was, look what they that's just where did. I was going. They yeah. went out and now they got two no-brainers in the eighth and ninth inning to make it easy for yeah. a young manager to have, that's, okay, I'm going to take care of the sixth and that's seventh That's exactly inning where I was I going. no-brainers <laughs> in the eighth and ninth yeah. inning. Right now, let me ask you, do the Blue Jays have that? They don't no, they're matching well, up. They don't have a Josh Hader, they're, Ryan Presley combination, match, but not many teams do. They're matching. Well, why is the Astros the best team in the American League? Oh. I, it's like I, I can't I, I can't disagree with you. I, I just I, I'm okay with Jordan Romano. It's not number one on my list of priorities because I know that at the trade deadline, I can get somebody else in here. I, I'm not I'm not going to add somebody at the trade deadline who is going to be my closer from that point on. I want to get an arm in here that I can use in the postseason. 
so that I don't have to abuse it will be, Jordan Romano. It, well, I don't season. know about you, Jeff. It will be interesting when J- Chad Green Chad, starts getting swing and miss on the breaking ball. If he does. There. Yeah. And whether they start using yeah. him in the ninth inning instead of the eighth inning. Again, I, I'm sure Jordan Romano, because he's a team guy, he'll do whatever to help the team win. That's why you got to love him. But he's also, he's also, a, he's also a team guy who he wants to get paid now. And sixth inning, you know, setup guys don't get don't get paid the same the closers do. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't go down. Yeah, I'm sure he's a team guy, but he's also a professional athlete and wants to get paid. But uh, I mean, I, again, bullpen. I, I'm just not going to talk about the bullpen because I don't care. They'll figure it out. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in Tim Mazin, but he seems to get the job done. So, you know, um, and as it's I ma- said, it's, ma- it's matchups, it's bad yeah. path. It's, and they'll figure it you out. Know, sinker slider. It's like, again, it's, it's really tough as a manager you, um, to always make that right call. Huh? We've seen it. Yeah. Huh? You, you mentioned managers being fired. Uh, it's never too late to fire a manager or never too early to fire a manager. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim Bowden. <laughs> Came out with a list of managers on the hot. Who was the top uh, of the, the list? Yeah. Who was the first guy on his list? Was it Schneider? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I, I was. I, I was just asking because I know that Jason Stark also came out with a list of managers in the hot seat, and you had to go all the way down to the bottom to find John Schneider. And the interesting and and what Jason did is Jason interviewed various executives, and what was interesting about the Blue Jays thing is Jason's point was people were telling him something's going to change. If it doesn't work out, and maybe it's the manager or maybe there's a front office change. So yeah. that tells you what people in the industry are thinking about uh, the Blue Jays. But you're right. Jim Bowden uh, listed John Schneider as the number one dude in the hot seat. Um, I think it's I think personally it's Oliver Marmol because Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols both want to manage. And, you know, he kind of he kind of pooched last year with St. Louis. Mm-hmm. John Schneider's a talking yeah. point, though. Yeah. And um Shai Davidi, hmm. a Sportsnet, is uh, in spring training. We're gonna, we're gonna start, gonna start him off with a very easy question. What are the chances that the manager gets fired? Well, ask Shai Davidi that. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The JD Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's not waste any time. Shai Davidi of Sportsnet is in Dunedin. The Jays are going to open their Grapefruit League schedule tomorrow against the Philadelphia Phillies. Shai, thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker. Look, the only thing anybody's talking about is uniforms. And uh, I got to ask you, uh, you know, you've been down there now. You've had a chance to kind of suss out the Jays' reaction yeah, I'm particularly concerned about the see-through pants because I don't know about you. The only Johnson I want to see is on the back of the jersey, right? So, have you? Um, what sorry, has happened here? have you? Uh, have, you had, have you had a chance to? Uh, have you had a chance to 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 talk to the players? And is it that big a deal? You're coming in hot, Jeff, yeah, for is. the first, first question of the season. Oh, I got a better uh, one. The second one's the tough one. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I, I honestly, I haven't heard too many complaints about it. And to, to be fair, I haven't dug in a ton. 
but I haven't heard uh, some of the complaints that you've heard in other spots. And uh, I, I get it. Like, I think there's, I think this goes away pretty quickly. I think everybody figures this out before the beginning of the season and makes get, gets the players' pants that everybody's happy with. Um, <laughs> but mm. uh, I, I have not heard right. uh, or, or too many complaints, and have not seen too many issues arise from. Uh, you know, pants that are perhaps a bit more revealing than uh, than they were intended to be. All right, you're not playing along. Here, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I've got a much easier question for yeah, you, uh, Jim. Jim Bowden has already fired uh, John Schneider, basically. Well, he hasn't, but he said he's the he's the first. He you no, know, he's listed him as a manager who's on the hottest seat. Um, look, all I've heard from everybody down there is Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly, yeah. Don Mattingly. Um, uh, is there any? First of all. First of all, I think we we all know how last year ended. We all know how the season before that ended. But are you get you get any sense at all that that John's under more pressure than he might have been last year, or had the season not ended the way it did? I, I'm going to put it this way. I think everybody is under pressure because the clock is ticking on this competitive window, mm-hmm. and you've got to get this right because the chances, the the runway is disappearing. And so if things go sideways, there's not very much margin for error. And so at that point, you're going to have to make some moves, be it adding personnel or changing up the roster or, you know, maybe something more drastic than that. But uh, to me, this is more a function right now of, You've got two seasons left with Bo and Vlad, and it's not just those two guys who the clock is ticking on. Uh, it's, it's a huge chunk of the roster that's eligible for free agency after the 25 season uh, with a number of important and difficult-to-replace players. So this, this franchise is at a point where everything is really hinging on these two seasons. And so you know, the, maybe some of the patience you might show in different situations, I just, the, the runway for that doesn't exist in a way that it did in years previous. And I think that puts the pressure on everybody. Shia, sometimes whenever they talk about the hitting coaches, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I've been in enough locker rooms that I roll my eyes sometimes, but I will say that the people that I've talked to that are in the everyday lineup with the Blue Jays team seem to say that, you know, it's nice to be able to walk up to a guy and say, what did you do when you were going through this? Because they haven't had that the last couple of years. You, you're up close and personal. You've talked to all of these guys. What's the biggest benefit of having Donnie Baseball as whatever his title is? I don't know what it is, but it's big, and it's a big deal around the, the hitting side of it. So what's the biggest benefit of having him? Yeah, offensive coordinator, uh, so the the well-known baseball uh, role. Uh, But I think the reaction is is sort of what you just said, right? When Don Don Mattingly has been in every one of those spots that the players are going to go through. Right, they had to think through at bats with uh, with pitchers. He's been in the batter's box trying to figure out when things are going great. Things trying to figure out what he needs to do when things aren't going well. Uh, what what he what he did when he could see a pitcher when he couldn't see a pitcher. Uh, all those different things. He's got that lived experience, and uh, that carries uh, that carries some weight. And you know, the the other piece to that that I think is really interesting is that last year the Blue Jays had the daily strategy coming from Dave Hudgens and then some of the fundamental work from an approach perspective coming from Guillermo Martinez. And this year, everything is going to funnel through Don Mattingly. So it's one voice 
marrying the the two ends of it. And so, you know, I think it's obviously significant that it comes from Don Mattingly, but I also think significant is that there'll be a, a single voice describing those two ends, maybe connecting them in a more effective way than, than you do when you've got two separate people discussing them. Uh, and perhaps that makes some things a little bit clearer or makes things more understandable, h- however you want to describe it. Shy, I can't remember the last time we talked about a coach as much. Like, I, I, I just can't remember. It's obvious names. We, we know Vladdy and, you know, Manoa and whoever's in the pen and the, the older guys in the rotation are big deals. But, man, we, we put a lot on Donnie Baseball's plate to sort of fix this. And I wonder how big the window is here. Like, I know everybody's saying fire John Snyder and, and bring in Donnie Baseball. I think that's the obvious name that would happen. But if he's this big a deal to the offense, maybe everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit on firing the manager, right? Like, it's a big deal to have that big of a voice and that good of a coach where they have it. I just wonder, sort of, all these things go hand in hand. And I just don't remember talking about a coach as much as all. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. And I I think the big part of it is because it is Don Mattingly, right? And that if you had someone who, all things being equal, uh, had the exact same skills, the same mindset, the same knowledge, but just it wasn't from a player who you know has a, an a argument to be made uh, for being a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think that just changes things, right? And so you, you wouldn't be talking about that person as much because that person doesn't have the same cachet. Uh, but you know, in terms of you know, if there was a change, uh, say, and you know, would it be Don Mattingly? You know, I mean, Demarlo Hale is here, yeah. and I, I think Demarlo Hale could possibly be that guy, right? He's someone who does have some experience managing. He took over for Terry Francona when Francona was going through some health conditions a couple of years ago in Cleveland. Uh, someone who has been widely regarded as, uh, you know, he, he's, he's somebody who probably should have gotten a managerial gig somewhere over the course of his career because of just how well-respected he is and how knowledgeable uh, a baseball person he is. You know, I think if the offense is going right, I don't know that you'd want to touch that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything hinges on this offense being better than it was a year ago. And if they start rolling, I just I can't see the Blue Jays messing with that. Uh, you've got DeMarlo Hale in this associate manager position, uh, which is a new thing that a couple teams in baseball are doing. You know, that to me might be a, a more a more sensible area to make a move if you got in, into that scenario. But again, I, I do think like things have to go terribly wrong for, for this to be on, on the table. Uh, I know we just have you for a couple more minutes here. Look, I, you look at this team's roster, almost everything seems set with the exception of those infielders sorting themselves out. Tell me a position battle or a, a you know, a, a contest that I should be paying more attention to in spring training. I mean, there really aren't a ton, right? We're looking at sort of the, the back of the bench and you're looking at sort of who's uh, the extra infielder, assuming that Eduardo Escobar makes the roster. And you know, that's not a given, but if, if Escobar is on this team, then, you know, what are they doing with David Schneider or Santiago Espinal or Ernie Clement? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one, I, I think right now, you know, Daniel Vogelback is probably on this team. And that, you know, does does he do enough or does Spencer Horowitz maybe do enough to, to push him off it as this left-handed bat off the bench that can do impact in, in a key spot? So I, I think that's on the position player side, you know, health, uh, health dependent. And, you know, Kevin Biggio is dealing with uh, – he's about two weeks behind, he told me this morning uh, – 
where he wants to be, but uh, he's dealing with uh, some biceps tendonitis that's into his shoulder. So maybe that opens up or, or changes things from a position player side. And then from the pitching side, you're looking at one spot in the bullpen. Uh, again, if all things being equal and Alec Manoa is right. And so is that Mitch White who's going to be out of options and who you know touched 98 in his uh, live batting practice earlier this week? Uh, is that going to be Bowden Francis? Is that going to be uh, maybe Brandon Little? Is that mm-hmm. Nate Pearson? Uh, the Blue Jays can go in a lot of different directions. And, you know, I think if, if all those guys are pitching well, you know, maybe Mitch White ends up having a, a bit of a leg up because maybe the Blue Jays fall back on asset management and him being out of options. Shy, really good yeah. of you to do this. I know it's a, a busy day before the first uh, Grapefruit League game. So thanks for this, and uh, we will be chatting again. Thanks, buddy. Anytime, boys. Be well. Shy Davidi of Sportsnet. Uh, again, 107 is the first pitch tomorrow on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet as uh, Ricky Tiedemann and Chad Dallas are scheduled to work against the Philadelphia Phillies Sunday. Jays are in Tampa to take on the hated New York Yankees. Mm. Um, so there you go. We we touched on the managerial situation. Mm. Thank, thankfully, Jim Bowden gave us a chance to back into it. <laughs> I just don't know. I like I wrote this thing in Sportsnet Thoughts, yeah, and is that, you know what? Managers don't get fired in season as much as people think they do. They just don't. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, the fact that there's just so many hands involved in the decision-making process right now, it's I'm not entirely certain that you can change things all that much by firing the manager if it ever did anything. I mean, God, you saw the New York Yankees have hired a guy to manage the coaches. Did you see that? They brought a guy in who is supposed to... Don't overthink it. Think this Manage way. the coach. Write it down. Tell them how to think. Yeah, I can't think on your own. You're not a big leaguer. Yeah. How do you figure How did you get here? Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone. I, I haven't played in the majors, but let me tell you how I deal with major yeah. league players. It's, it's bizarre. It's Anyhow, crazy, right? It is crazy. Well, I really do wish the commissioner would do what they've done in F1 and just put a cap on how much money teams can spend on R&D. Seriously. You're only allowed to have a certain number of khakis in your front office. Good luck. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. The back leg line. We've got a, a few more callers who uh, wish to leave questions or comments, such as Daryl and Keswick. What do you think's more likely, a Dalton Varshow breakout or a George Springer resurgence? Ooh. Thanks for taking the call. Great show, guys. A reminder that uh, if you're listening to this via podcast, um, or if you're listening to this live, we will have an interview with Dalton Varshow. Uh, later on today. That'll be posted on our podcast as soon as it's done. So uh, that gives you a chance to uh, hear from Dalton Varsho. Uh, I'll say this right now. I think a Dalton Varsho breakout, but only because I've, I mean, I've been, I've been all in on this, on this guy. I'm going to continue to be all in on him. Man, it's amazing how soft you are when it comes to the $150 million man. It, it, it no, really no, 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 no. He said that, more more yeah. likely. More likely. I don't think Springer's going to have a resurgence is what I'm saying. I'm not has, being soft. I think he has to. What, what's, well, the, what's the expectations well, the question with Varsho? Is, yeah, well, he what, has to. What do you, what do you, want, in, what no, do you want from Varsho? You missed the point. What do you want you from Varsho? As, as usual. He 20 homers. He could hit 20 homers. It's early in That's the it. year, but you're still missing the point. The question is what is more likely to happen, not what needs to happen. What is more say, likely to happen? I'm going to say neither. I'm going to say it. Oh. Like, I, I won't, uh, Varsha will hit 20 homers. 
What's he going to hit 250? Captain Negan. He's going to hit 250? No. I want him to play. I want him to hit seventh, play a little center, play mostly left, do it really well, hit 20 homers. If he drives in 60, hey, go to the keg. Enjoy yourself. Other than that, but I want Springer to drop 30 and drive in 90. That's what I want. Can, is that too much to ask? What, going to the cake? No, to 30 oh, and 90 it, from a dude you dropped $150 million on. Are you angling for like a, I, a cake no, thing? I've already, I can do that whenever I want, But because yeah. I know people at the cake. But yeah, I know you do. I, I'll say neither. How's that? All right. Because okay. my expectations aren't real high. I, Let's not I, even play what, the season. What's the expectations for Varsho? Give me a number. 250? Think Varsha can hit 250? I, I'm not thinking right. that right now, but I know we can hit 20 homers because I've seen it. Let's go to Steve in Seattle. You know, fun. Barker, I'm really, I like when you start talking about the khakis because they have a lot of stuff going on. I'm in Seattle and uh, they're talking about controlling the zone. So I don't know what that means. Maybe you can explain what that means in the baseball sense, but. Uh, a lot more people are trying to um, uh, go with more contact hitters and not, you know, not worry about so much the home run ball. But the Mariners cut out about 560 strikeouts from three hitters. So I think the Blue Jays are taking the same approach, hiring different uh, instructors to to get the message across on, on offensive strategies. But maybe you can just touch on what controlling the zone means to a batter. All right, guys. Have a good one, and uh, hopefully the khakis will, will stay out of your way. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, that's the easy one for me. Hey, look, you could ask 10 different hitters. They might give you 10 different answers. For me, controlling the zone is the ultimate goal that I have as a hitter is hit the ball as hard as I possibly can. I want to drive the baseball. I can't cover the ent- – I'm not Willie McGee. I can't cover my ear to my toe. Most humans can't do that. So I have to look in one certain zone until I get to two strikes, and then I do whatever I have to do to put barrel to baseball. But, Steve, it's a great question. I, again, I am, I'm on the, the, the part of the fence where I don't think you can do that. I don't think this is a team-wide approach. Approach is a very individual Vladdy don't like the ball in off the plate. Vladdy don't like the slider from a righty down away off the plate. But most right-handed hitters don't. The only reason they continue to throw it to him is because he continues to swing at it and hit a ground ball to short or third. So long, a little bit of a long-winded answer, Steve, to your question is just get your pitch that you think you can drive and I'll go a little further, to the big part of the field. And what the big part of the field does is keep length to your swing. I tell Mr. Jeff this all the time. It's not how you start as a great hitter. It's how you finish. How do you take your pitcher? Do you look like it's worried where that was Is it going free and easy? Is it down and through it? Do you get and hold the big finish? It's all of those things. And for me, a lot of that is determined because of what you swing at because you're getting – your pitch, not a strike, because not everybody can hit a strike everywhere in the quadrants of the strike zone. It has to be a certain strike. So I hope I answered that the best way I could answer it, because, again, I think there's different answers for different people. Let's squeeze one more in. We just got a few minutes. Scott in Ontario. Just wondering how you guys feel with the ending of last year and the kind of messed up 
press conferences, and the fact that really no significant signings came along this year to actually to sell the team for these new tickets. Uh, just wondering what kind of leash do you think Atkins is on, or if he's on a leash if the Jays start out slow. Kev, I bet you're feeling frisky. The spring is here. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Um, you answered this question. Oh, thank you. Uh, after after last year, I, I mean, after the the press conference at the end of the season, I mean, I, I was in that camp of I just don't I just don't see how that's going to last. Like I, you mean you how got the two, relationship? You can got last. two sides going in two different directions. I still don't know how. I don't, I don't know how mm-hmm. the manager and the GM are in the same room together. I just don't. Maybe they worked it out. I have no idea. I haven't asked, and maybe we shouldn't care. But I I just don't know the answer to this. I I don't. I I don't know. That is the your answer. answer. I don't know no, the answer. That I, I'm with you. That is your answer. I th- listen. I thought somebody was going to be fired at the end of last Me year. Me too. Honest to God, I, I mean, we talked about it. Whether it was the manager, or the general manager, I thought somebody was going to be fired at the end of last year. I thought I didn't think it would necessarily be Dave Hudgens getting, getting demoted. Um, but I just don't know anymore. I, I, I've talked about this. I don't know where. I don't know who to blame, um, because of the. Because the decision making process is is so is so convoluted right now, and there's so many, as I said, so many fingers in the, you know, in the in the pie or cooks in the kitchen, however you want to you want to describe it. I, I I honestly don't know. I do know this though. I do know this. Stadium rentals are done. So now it's about winning. I mean, there's 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 front office now. The focus has to be in winning because all the stadium stadium rentals are done. There's no excuse for nobody paying complete attention to the on field product. Hmm. Uh, that's it for us. We'll be back on Monday. Don't forget Blue Jays baseball, 107 first pitch Woo-hoo! Saturday. And uh, we'll have an interview with Dalton Varsho this afternoon. So uh, if you're listening via podcast, check back. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>